science you can use. The Dr. Joe Show on CJAD 800. And iodine and thorium Welcome. I'm Joe Schwartz, and I direct McGill University's Office for Science and Society uh, with a mandate of separating sense from nonsense in the world of science. And uh, I uh, sit here chatting with you Sunday afternoons about uh, current happenings in the world of science, trying to answer your questions, and even throwing out some questions of my own. Uh, 514-790-0800 is our number here. You can also text us at 514-800. Here's a question. You're on a beach. Wishful thinking, right? And you're playing ping pong, table tennis. And the ball goes off of the table, and it falls into a hole in the sand. And that hole was created because someone had plunked an umbrella in there and took took it out. But the hole is just barely big enough for that ball to fall in, but you're unlucky, and it falls right into that hole. Here's the question. How can you get that ball out without touching the sand? You cannot touch the sand in any way, so you cannot dig. How can you get that ball out of that hole, which is just about the size of the ball, just a touch bigger so that the ball can uh, nestle uh, in there and has fallen down into that hole? How can you get that ball out? If you know, you give us a call at 514 Okay, I did a little bit of binge TV watching uh, because uh, Gwyneth Paltrow's show, The Goop Lab, premiered yesterday, or Friday, I should say. And I did watch uh, three episodes of this, and uh, I almost think that I've seen the other three episodes because I've read so much uh, about it. Very, very interesting, and I must say I was uh, surprised in uh, in a couple of ways. As you know, uh, millions of words have already been spent on the Internet uh, discussing uh, this show and uh, mostly uh, denigrating it, saying, you know, that, that Gwyneth is uh, putting all kinds of nonsensical information out there and that people should be wary of anything that they see on the show. Well, uh, it's... Uh, Sort of an interesting situation (laughs) in this uh, Goop Lab. Why? Because it is a mixture of uh, outrageous nonsense, as many people have expected, but it also has some uh, interesting uh, science, and some of it is actually quite well done. There are two episodes which are, are just so ridiculous that it's not even worth talking about. There's a woman who talks to the dead, uh, so let's just forget about that kind of nonsense. And then there's another show with a chiropractor uh, who claims to be able to massage people's auras, and he talks about people having some sort of energy field around them and that this energy field can be disturbed and he can fix it. Uh, This is just all poppycock, and uh, it's nothing more than reliance on the placebo effect. But some of the other episodes, very interesting. Uh, There's an episode on uh, the use of psychedelic drugs in order to treat anxiety, mental illness, etc. And they do bring up some interesting research. And uh, they do interview someone who uh, is somewhat of an expert in in the field. But then they also go to Jamaica uh, 
Gwyneth doesn't go herself, but some of her people go, and they experience some uh, magic mushroom there. Uh, magic mushroom has an ingredient called psilocybin, which is a hallucinogen, and they, they have an experience which is not always pleasant, but they do talk about how this could be used therapeutically. The fact that the show is called The Goop Lab, uh, I guess, refers to the fact that they go out and investigate some stuff as if they were in a lab. Of course, a few people uh, just uh, looking into something doesn't mean that it has any kind of scientific merit. And I think that the experiences that um, they encountered in, in that episode about psilocybin do not have any scientific merit. But at least it introduces the idea that there's some research to be had here, uh, both with psilocybin and with MDMA, which is methylene dioxymethamphetamine, and that's ecstasy. And of course, serious scientists are looking into the fact that these can potentially have some beneficial effect uh, on the brain if they are properly used. So that episode was uh, was quite okay. Uh, there's another episode which is um, uh, focuses on um, uh, uh, sort of uh, rejuvenation, and uh, they have a guest on Wim Hof, who actually I've I've followed for a number of years. He's a Norwegian who holds a number of records for uh, being immersed in ice water, for running a marathon barefoot in the snow. Uh, he really does some incredible things. And uh, he seems to be genetically uh, enhanced because he has uh, a significant amount of brown fat, which is sort of insulating material in the body, and it's also a thermoregulator. Uh, that that's uh, interesting, and he also talks about having this breathing technique that allows you to uh, boost up your immune system. They had an ex uh, experiment that they talked about on the show that I hadn't heard of before. I have to check check this out, where they say that uh, there were some people, some subjects who learned Hoff's technique of uh, this very special breathing, which is supposed to enhance the immune system, whatever that means. And then these people were then exposed to a bacterial endotoxin, and they did not come down with any kind of infection. I have to check that out, see if there's any peer-reviewed research on that. But in any case, it was an interesting story, and uh, some of uh, uh, Gwyneth's staff plunge into cold water uh, because that is supposed to have this invigorating, immune-boosting uh, effect. Uh, no evidence that it really did anything for them except made them... Uh, very cold. Uh, but uh, when uh, Wim Hof goes around and has these people breathing in special ways, uh, talking to them all the time and telling them how much better they feel, etc., he doesn't realize that he is basically doing hypnosis. That's what it is. It's the power of suggestion. But nevertheless, it is uh, interesting. Then there was a, an episode that uh, I think was extremely well done. And that is the episode that focuses on uh, female sexuality, which is a topic that doesn't get addressed very much in, you know, in the public uh, media. And uh, uh, this was, uh, I must say, very interesting, although sometimes I would be squirming on the couch, uh, to be honest, when you see these uh, naked women sitting around in a room uh, talking about their privates. But it is an important thing to to learn about this, because as the show implied, many women do not really know uh, about uh, uh, the particular fragments of their private parts and, and what they do. And uh, 
So they did talk some uh, legitimate anatomy. They talked about the problems that some of these women have and how these problems can be uh, addressed. And uh, I must say, I I was kind of impressed by how they put that particular uh, segment uh, together. And uh, Gwyneth, uh, you know, she appears in all of the segments. And uh, I must say, she does have a certain charm. Now, of course, there are a lot of nonsensical things that are peddled on the Goop uh, website. Uh, we've talked before about ridiculous things like the, the psychic vampire repellent and various kinds of aromatherapy uh, uh, things and, and uh, um, supplements of all kinds. And then uh, she got a lot of press last week because, uh, you know, of this perfume that she had there, which uh, supposedly had uh, vagina-like fragrance, although, of course, it didn't really have that. It was just a, a perfume. They were just using that as a, a marketing gimmick, although that has since been uh, taken off. I, I can't find it on her website uh, anymore. But there are a number of uh, other uh, silly things that are promoted on, on the website, uh, which I, I thought would also be pushed on the show. Uh, but turns out they're not. Uh, I mean, you know, on her website, she has something called Yoga in a Cup, and she sells apple cider vinegar tablets and this Goop Glow Morning Skin Super Powder. Uh, but uh, they they kept away from that on, on, um, on the show. So uh, it's kind of a mixed bag. I would say that it was quite entertaining. Uh, I found uh, Gwyneth uh, sort of charming. Uh, she herself undergoes this uh, treatment on her face where she, uh, uh, it's called the vampire facial. There are many, many holes poked in there and, and uh, uh, protein-rich plasma, uh, which is separated from warm blood, is injected in there. And some of it is done tongue-in-cheek and some of it is fun. But, uh, I mean, underneath it all, there is indeed a good dose of, of nonsense. Still, it was not as bad as I thought that it would be. You're listening to The Dr. Joe Show. We'll be right back. Your source when you need answers. The Dr. Joe Show on CJAD 800. Okay, I had a question about that golf ball or tennis, uh, table tennis ball falling into a hole on the beach. The hole is just about the size of the ball. The ball falls down. How can you get that ball out without touching the sand? And let's see if Richard has the uh, answer to that. Richard, uh, I think our lines here are not uh, functioning. It's not lit up. Uh... Hello, Dr. Joe. Yeah. Hi. Hi. Um, so the answer is adding water to it. Very the, good. The... Very good. You would pour water in the hole, and, of course, the, the table tennis ball floats. So it would float to the surface. Very clever. You play table tennis? No, not for a long time. <laughs> okay. Thanks for that answer. All right, let me throw another uh, question out there. As uh, many of you know, I like ducks. Uh, more than I like ducks, I, I, I collect ducks. Why do I collect ducks? I've been asked this many times. People have seen my videos, and they see my duck collection behind me. I have over 250 of these guys of all sorts. I bought many. Many of them have been given to me as gifts. To me, ducks represent quackery because, of course, that's the sound that they make. They quack. And I like being surrounded by ducks because it reminds me of the fact that quackery is everywhere, nonsense is everywhere, and that there's a need to fight against it. That's why I collect ducks. Okay. 
Now there's a duck puzzle I have for you. Listen carefully. If two ducks are swimming in front of another duck, two ducks are swimming behind another duck, and one duck is swimming between two other ducks, what is the minimum number of ducks that you can have to do this? So let me repeat it again, because you have to listen carefully. If two ducks are swimming in front of another duck, two ducks are swimming behind another duck, and one duck is swimming between two other ducks, what is the minimum number of ducks that you can have for this configuration? If you know that, you give us a call, 514-790-0800. Okay. You may remember a couple of years ago, a story circulated about some Montreal Canadian players rubbing their legs with pickle juice before practices and before games. Uh, Brendan Gallagher was one of the ones who was mentioned uh, to partake of this activity. And this was said to have a soothing effect and supposedly extended the time before the legs felt tired. And uh, if any of you have played hockey, you know that when you go all out for about 30 seconds, which is the um, sort of the average time for shifts these days, uh, you come off that ice with the legs feeling very tired. So what is the true part of this story? Well, it is true that some of the players did indeed rub their legs with a concoction, but not pickle juice. They just called it pickle juice because it was green. Actually, what they used, well, probably still use, was a commercially available German product with the foreboding name Algauer Lachenkiefer Leg Lotion. What is this? Well, looking at the ingredients, it's basically a moisturizing cream that has a bunch of plant extracts, and it claims to offer relief for tired, heavy legs. I can't find any studies that support this claim, but it seems that the athletes do find it uh, useful. And uh, I'm not sure whether or not the Montreal Canadiens still use this. Uh, I'm not privy to their dressing room. If anyone is, uh, I'd like to hear about that, if anyone knows whether or not uh, they still do use this. But why should they refer to this lotion, colloquially, as pickle juice? Well, that is likely due to the use of uh, authentic pickle juice by some athletes, not to rub on their legs, but to drink it, hoping to stave off leg cramps. Well, they drink it, not very much, just a couple of ounces, and it isn't clear exactly when this practice originated. But the story got legs in 2000, year 2000, when the Philadelphia Eagles handily beat the Dallas Cowboys on a day where the temperature soared to 109 degrees Fahrenheit. And the Eagles won, they smashed the Cowboys, and the players credited their enhanced endurance to drinking pickle juice. That game in 2000 actually now is referred to as the pickle juice game. And it quickly spawned a commercial product. Within a year of that game, pickle juice soda was on the market targeting athletes, although, again, no evidence of any benefit was offered. Well, stimulated by anecdotal evidence of pickle juice relieving muscle cramps almost immediately upon ingestion, researchers at North Dakota State University launched a study. 
They induced cramps by nerve stimulation in male volunteers, and they followed this by uh, immediate ingestion either of water or of pickle juice. And what did they find? They found that cramp duration was significantly shorter with pickle juice. Furthermore, the relief was so rapid that the juice had hardly enough time to reach the stomach. Consequently, the effect could not possibly be explained by restoration of electrolytes. Uh, of course, uh, the pickle juice does contain electrolytes, uh, sodium. You know, pickle juice is high in sodium. Uh, but that could not be the explanation because uh, the effect was almost immediate. So rather, the researchers suggest that the pickle juice can trigger a reflex in the mouth that sends a signal to inhibiting the firing of motor neurons in the cramping muscle. That's the theory. And Harvard neurobiologist Bruce Bean and chemistry Nobel laureate Rod McKinnon developed this theory further and suggested that various spices, such as cassia oil, ginger extract, or capsaicin and hot peppers, could also activate receptors in the mouth, as well as in the throat, and that these could prevent cramping. And this resulted in a product, commercially available product, called Hot Shots. And uh, this is a, a mixture of, of spices. It isn't pickle juice. And it is apparently used by a number of pro athletes, uh, although uh, I can't find any peer-reviewed publications attesting to the efficacy of this specific product. But certainly the um, producers, or at least the inventors of this product, are, are highly respected scientists, and one of them is a, a Nobel Prize uh, laureate. And so it's, it's interesting, and uh, again, I, I don't know which athletes use hot shots or which use pickle juice, uh, because apparently with hot shots, the, the uh, uh, manufacturers provided some teams, but the agreement is that it's not made public who, who takes it. So whether or not there's any benefit to the pickle juice uh, reducing cramps is still uh, you know up in the air, but uh, I don't think that we would put this into the nonsense category because at least there have been a couple of experiments showing that it does lead to uh, rapid solution of the uh, cramping. So I'll keep you up to date in case uh, any more information uh, about this comes up because we don't want you to be left uh, in the pickle if you are suffering from cramps. You're listening to The Dr. Joe Show. We'll take a break and be right back. Life's everyday mystery solved. The Dr. Joe Show on CJAD 800. I think we have an answer possibly to my question about the ducks. And let's go to Daniel. Daniel. Yes. Okay. Uh, the puzzle with the ducks. Let me, let me just uh, repeat it so that people understand what we're talking about. If two ducks are swimming in front of another duck... Two ducks are swimming behind another duck, and one duck is swimming between two other ducks. What is the minimum number of ducks that you can have for this configuration? And the answer is? Uh, I, I thought I had it, but uh, this is quite confusing. I thought it was six. No, it is not six. Okay. It is not six. Dr. Joe, there's a lot of commercials on your program. I hope you're making a pretty penny. I'm not making a penny from the commercials or from anything else. <laughs> this is pro bono. Okay, uh, let's uh, let's go to 
Someone else has an answer to the question. James. Let's try James. James? Hi, is the answer nine? No, it isn't. It's not? It is not. <laughs> okay, thanks. Okay. All right. Uh, boy, I didn't think this would cause that much confusion. I better repeat it. Listen carefully. If two ducks are swimming in front of another duck, two ducks are swimming behind another duck, and one duck is swimming between two other ducks, what is the minimum number of ducks that you can have in this configuration? Okay, you got it? All right. Uh, let's go to, who do we have here? Is that Monica? Hello, Monica? Hello? Hi. Hi. Um, go could ahead. it be 12? Go ahead. Could it be 12 ducks? No, it's not 12 ducks. Okay. It's not 12 ducks. <laughs> okay. Uh, let us try. Is that Seema? Yes. Hi. Hi. W would you mind if I uh, try uh, answering the question as well? Go ahead. Uh, seven. No. No? Okay. No. <laughs> <laughs> I did have a question, though, to ask you. Okay. Um, so, uh, normally, like, I take uh, water with a bit of mint sometimes just to have, like, a refreshing drink. And I have a bit of a sore throat. So, yesterday, I took it with uh, hot water instead, and the leaves turned brown. <laughs> and uh, and then uh, the taste was, like, very bitter, and I wasn't sure if I should drink it or not. Is, is there anything wrong with that? I don't think so. I don't think it has anything to do with the taste. Uh, what you have done is is uh, basically converted chlorophyll, which is the green pigment in the leaf, into something else, probably into pheophytin, mm -hmm. which is a brown compound. And this is a heat uh, uh, reaction. Okay. Uh, so I don't think there's any danger associated uh, with this. Uh, okay. But it's probably not too sightly, right? Yeah, like it tasted, it tasted different. It was more bitter than than like refreshing. It it was like yeah, and and it didn't color the water, but the leaves like they all turned brown. Yeah, well, I, I think it is just the destruction of the chlorophyll. Okay, but it's still okay to drink it. I think so, unless okay. you unless you added something else to it. That no, you not at all. Added. Just mint and water. Okay. Okay, thanks, Doctor Joe. Okay, thanks. Uh, okay, let's go to is that Adam. Adam? Hi there, Dr. Joe. Hi. Uh, I'll take a guess at your uh, quiz. Yes. I say five ducks, but no. I have a question besides that. It is not five, five ducks. <laughs> okay, can I ask you a question? Yeah. I'm 64 years old. I have a dear friend of mine, 62. He injects himself daily with a um, synthetic man-made version of a naturally occurring substance that causes release of growth hormone from the pituitary gland mm -hmm. called sermorolin. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to know if you know anything about it. Is it healthy? Does it? Have I don't. Anything? I don't think so. Uh, there have been a lot of experiments done with growth hormone, and there was a yeah. major paper published about twenty years ago in New England Journal of Medicine, where they took a number of uh, uh, subjects uh, ranging in age from about sixty to eighty, and injected yeah. them with human growth hormone. Now, the reason that they did that is because naturally, as we age, our levels of growth hormone fall. So the idea was to see whether or not uh, boosting those hormones could have an effect. And it turned out that after a few months, the effects were indeed beneficial. And the people had less fat. They had better bone structure. It seemed to have a rejuvenating effect. However, 
The study had to be stopped after six months because of the side effects that started to crop up. Uh, they started to have higher blood pressure. They started to have uh, carpal tunnel syndrome. So the uh, head researcher uh, who published that paper actually sent a letter to the New England Journal that they published saying that... Uh, no one should be trying human growth hormone because the benefit that they saw uh, withered after six months and the side effects showed up. Uh, nevertheless, there were a lot of clinics that opened up that injected people with human growth hormone. Those mostly have faded away as well. And then there were supplements that claimed that they would naturally boost human growth hormone by giving you the amino acids that the body needs to make growth hormone. Uh, those don't work. The body stops making growth hormone not because it lacks the raw materials that is needed, but because with age, the uh, enzymes that generate that are important in generating growth hormone are becoming deficient. So right now, although there was some interesting preliminary evidence uh, at this point, uh, I think injecting certainly themselves with a, a, a non-prescription concoction is not to be recommended. Yeah, quick question. Could these um, hormones or this growth hormone also stimulate cancer cells? Yes, that's one of the concerns. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. Uh, he seems to feel it's totally safe, and he has a clinical study to it. And well, where, who, how is he getting this, and where is he getting it? He got an. He, he sent me an email. If you like, if you have an email or something, I could send it along to you. Yeah, it's uh, Joe Dutchwartz at McGill.ca. Joe at McGill.ca. Yeah, and that's S C H W A R C Z. That's S-C-H-W-A-R-T-Z, right? C-C-Z. C-Z. Oh, C-Z. Okay. All right. I'll send it along to you okay. and let me know what you think. Okay. Thank you. Uh, let's go to Lisa. Lisa. Hi, Dr. Stowe. Hi. I have to answer. It should be seven ducks. No, it's not. Oh, thank you. <laughs> My goodness. These ducks are giving people a lot of problems. I think you're not listening carefully. So let me repeat it once more. <clears throat> If two ducks are swimming in front of another duck, two ducks are swimming behind another duck, and one duck is swimming between two other ducks, how many ducks are we looking at? What's the minimum number of ducks that can uh, have that configuration? Okay, let me see. Who, who do we have here? Uh, is that Richard? Yes, Dr. Joe. Yeah. Uh, the answer to the duck question is three. Yes, of course it is three. I don't understand why this gave so much trouble. You I have three know. ducks in a row, three ducks in a row, right behind each other, one in front, one in the middle, and one bringing up the uh, the tail. So you have two ducks that are swimming in front of another duck, right? Two in front of the third one. Two ducks are swimming behind another, the two behind the first one, and one duck is between the other two. So, yes, you have three ducks swimming in a row, one behind the other. And that uh, is a description of the story that I just uh, told you. Okay, very good. I'm glad you finally got that. I don't know why that caused uh, people so many problems. Uh, but uh, now we got all our ducks in a row. Okay. Uh, I think the other people uh, who are on the line uh, also wanted to have an attempt at this question, but uh, uh, obviously we now have the uh, the answer. Okay, uh, you're listening to the Dr. Joe Show. We're going to check traffic, and after that, we will be right back. 
science you can use. The Dr. Joe Show on CJAD 800. I was mentioning that uh, Gwyneth Paltrow actually did a pretty good job on that uh, episode of uh, Goop Lab uh, focusing on female sexuality. Uh, she's not the only one who has done a good job with that. Believe it or not, there's a museum in uh, London, England, called the Vagina Museum. And, um, uh, well, let me read you their promo. Almost half of the world's population has one, yet vaginas and the rest of the gynecological anatomy are still a taboo subject in many people's daily lives. Like many subjects underrepresented within society and education, more myths and legends exist in popular culture about all things down there than fact. This has led to unrealistic expectations of what we should expect from our bodies, what they should look like in our relationship with their functions. And uh, judging by the the pictures that they have, it's a very interesting uh, museum. It's very science-oriented. It's it's not... uh, uh, it's pr- not prurient at all. It's, you know, it's not. Uh, <laughs> I mean, you'd you'd really have to be sick to call this pornography. It's uh, it looks very very interesting, and uh, you know, it's it's time for um, such uh, anatomical features to come out of the closet and to be discussed uh, openly because a lot of people have questions ab- about this. Okay, let me uh, go to the lines and go to John. Hi, John. John. Hello. Hi. Can you hear me? Yeah, I hear you. I enjoyed your show for years. I've listened occasionally on offices here, newspaper magazines. I think we have some common people. I've known some other professors at McGill that know you. Uh, you sound like an interesting fellow. I've never had the pleasure of meeting you. I'm going back to your original ping-pong ball down the umbrella hole in the sand question. Yeah. I had another solution other than pouring the water in the hole, okay. and that was to use the, obviously, ability of air pressure to push the ball out of the hole, namely... Since you're at the beach, chances are you're drinking soda or you're at a local restaurant. You have available a drinking straw, in which course you can merely take some saliva, moisten the ball, stick the straw in the ball, and suck on the straw and lift the ball out of the hole. Up to a seven or eight inches deep, I would imagine, would be quite possible. Okay. Have you ever tried to pick up a ping pong ball with a straw? Yes, I have. And you did it? And not easy, but it works. Because I've tried that you several ha- times. You have, to, you have uh, to make some kind of a seal that you can't just, you know... Uh, I've never been able to make that work. If it's dry on dry, it won't work. Mm. If you got some of the big gulp-type large straws, so you have a larger surface area, such as McDonald's or one of these larger straws, it is possible. Not well, fun, but it's possible. Okay, we're going to have a lot of people now sucking ping-pong balls. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> okay. And it's good exercise if they use the ball the way instead of lying around the beach getting sunburned and cancer. Thank you. Okay, take Good care. point. Bye. We'll go to Andy. Hi, Andy. Hello there, Joe. Do you remember the pickle juice that was used to be made in Hungary when they made pickles? Sure I do. Now, when that juice was cool, you were able, because it was, wasn't acidic, wasn't very strong, it had a beautiful taste, and when you cooled it, you could actually drink it like uh, uh, soda. No, but it has to be acidic, because whether you do it by fermentation, which produces lactic acid, or you use vinegar... Yeah, but what I mean is that not so acidic like some of the pickles that you have in the store. These were the ones that you made, you put in the pickles in a jar... And you, you put, put bread the, in there? What? Bread? You bread. put some bread? Yeah, you're talking about kovaso shuburka. Kovaso shuburka. <laughs> now, that juice can be wonderful and refreshing. And maybe, uh, maybe if the hockey players try that, <laughs> to bring that, 
they will get a little bit more energy out of it. <laughs> Take a sip after each shift. Okay. I know I sound crazy, no? Well, listen, there's many things out there that sound crazy and turn out not to be. All but, right. But I can vouch for the fact that those pickles taste good. I know that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. You, yeah. And, but it's hard to find here. I know that. They, yeah. It doesn't exist. Nobody makes it. And believe me, whenever I used to go back to Hungary, the first thing they gave me was pickle, uh, the pickles from that with goose liver and bread and oh god and you're still here even, ha- still here. even having eaten all of that fatty goose liver yes, full sir. of cholesterol right? Listen, yeah. the food is good and you i know you love food also i do and i i do like hungarian food uh i mean you can eat uh uh as well in budapest or in most places in hungary than anywhere else but you see there's one thing I found lately over there. When, when we talk about Wiener Schnitzel, this is the breaded wheel. Yeah. There, there is uh, breaded meat sometimes. Oh, really? That doesn't sound so appetizing. No, but it, they love it. They go. And by the way, some of the best breaded uh, meat comes also from Japan. Really? Oh, yes. Uh, Believe me. Look, you look it up, and there's so many. And this lineup just to get in there, and the portions are huge. If you get a, one portion at a certain restaurant in Hungary, it's enough for two people because it's, it's almost an inch thick. Yes. Uh, I've, uh, I've had Wiener Schnitzel in a lot of places. Uh, I, I had one in Vienna, which actually was not very good. <laughs> and it, it, that was made of pork. It was a pork schnitzel. Oh. And believe it or not, the best uh, Wiener Schnitzel I ever had was in Granada in the Caribbean the Caribbean island of Granada. Listen, there was a restaurant there that was excellent. Anything is possible, but when I saw the Wiener Schnitzel, the so-called Wiener Schnitzel, about two, two and a half centimeters thick, I said, what the hell is that? But people love it. Really? Yeah. No, that uh, that does not seem appealing to me. In fact, you know, I, I go to a lot of trouble with the hammer banging out the, uh, the schnitzel until it's almost paper thin. Yeah, I know that. Yeah. I know that. Uh, the thing is, it's it's unbelievable. It the, and the amount of meat is not much, but when they beat it out, it covers a huge plate. Yes, it is, and uh, and it's fast, and it's uh, it's not over baked, and it's uh, so it's edible anyway. Yes, and I will now predict that I will have lots of people emailing me and going on my Facebook page complaining uh, that uh, I'm eating unhealthy things <laughs> and and that I'm butchering animals. There's one thing, Joe. Yeah. Life is short. And you, if you don't overdo anything, there's nothing. Yeah, that's right. That's exactly what I said. Okay. Thanks uh, Thanks very much for that info. Are you still uh, making your shoes? Yeah, we, I'm still trying to become a millionaire. I haven't succeeded. Now I'm working with the Americans. Maybe I'm going to be lucky. Okay. Good luck to you. Bye-bye. <laughs> yeah, Andy used to be a regular caller. We haven't heard uh, uh, from him in uh, in a while. Okay, what else? we're almost uh, out of time here, so what else can I tell you? is, is uh, uh, Once more, just going back to, to Gwyneth, I, I, I think it is uh, worthwhile watching, uh, watching the six episodes. They're not very long. I think each one is about 30 to 40 minutes uh, long. Uh, she um, uh, does look very pretty. Uh, she dresses very well, and she has a certain charm. 
Uh, and uh, there's some interesting stuff there, but be careful about uh, you know what you take away from it, and uh, be wary of the chiropractor who says that he can uh, adjust your aura. Uh, forget about uh, the woman who talks to the dead. But uh, the the episode about uh, uh, psychedelics is uh, is interesting, uh, and then there's an episode uh, about diets as well. Well, uh, intermittent fasts. And uh, I'm very interested in that. In fact, I'm just writing a column for next Saturday's Montreal Gazette on intermittent fasts. And uh, Gwyneth uh, partakes in, in one of those. Of, of, of course, uh, uh, you can't tell anything from a case study of N equals one, you know, one person who does it. She seems to have been happy with it. Anyway, I'm going to have uh, more to say about that in next uh, Saturday's Gazette. But that is it. We have run smack out of time. But we'll be back with you same time, same station next week. Until then, I'm Joe Schwartz, hoping all the chemistry in your life comes out just right. <laughs>